relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. They say in Washington, D.C., if you want a friend... By a dog. Is there any honor left in this stinking cesspit that is colloquially known as the swamp? And what does it mean to be a man of honor? Because shouldn't conservatives have honor? We've been told for three years now that there was a quote-unquote insurrection on January 6th, and it was the vice president who saved us. I just want to remind everyone what the then president of the Senate said 48 hours before the events of January 6th. Here's the then Vice President Mike Pence about um, his role as the man who would verify the Electoral College results. You know, I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. We will have our day in Congress. We will hear the evidence and, if necessary, send the results back to the states where we had the strange reversal of results after counting was summarily suspended. That never happened, and, of course, sadly, the rest is history. What is the status of honor in politics, and what is the future of the conservative movement. I want to welcome a guest to the show who impressed me mightily at a recent event celebrating among the short list of great conservative thinkers, perhaps the top of the pile, the great late Russell Kirk. Welcome to America First from Braver Angels, John Wood Jr. Sebastian Gorka, it is a pleasure and uh, and an honor to be on with you. As I said to you when we met, you know, uh, I've I've certainly uh, benefited from being able to catch your show now and again. But you are a, a hero of my father's in particular. Uh, he's somebody who, unfortunately, he's he's moved to Palm Springs, so he no longer gets the radio signal. We've got oh. to get an affiliate out in Palm Desert. But he told me when I told you uh, told him I was coming on your show, he said Sebastian Gorka is one of the great men of America, and so uh, he's thrilled that we're speaking and so am I. Well, you're too kind. Uh, I am sending copies of all three of my books to Mr. Wood Sr., and uh, we'll have to show him how to use that wondrous thing, the Internet, to check out the podcast. But uh, in the meantime, I, I want to talk about what you did at that event. We, we love Annette Kirk. It was a stunning, stunning event in D.C., the first of its kind with a, a ballroom full of young patriots or young Americans, and your speech was the best of all. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, for those who aren't familiar with your organization, you are the national ambassador for something called Braver Angels, braverangels.org, which also has a podcast as well. Would you just introduce um, who you are, what your background is, and what the mission of Braver Angels is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh Sebastian, I appreciate that invitation. Um, so, yes, 
John Wood Jr. Uh, once upon a time, uh, I was a nominee for Congress way back in 2014. I actually ran against Maxine Waters in that election cycle. Wow. Um, and, and, you su- and you survived? At, well, I, I survived. I actually did better than any Democrat or Republican who'd ever run against Congresswoman Waters. I lost by the smallest landslide <laughs> of any of her opponents in the, the history of her, I think at this point, 60-year uh, career and in office. But, you know, I, I grew up um, very much sort of a liberal activist. Uh, I was somebody who just as uh, an annoying high school kid uh, campaigned very hard for uh, for Gore and then for for Kerry, um, was uh, an activist against the, the Iraq war, was very much inspired by Barack Obama's campaign in 2008. I felt at the time that it was an effort to move beyond race and partisanship, tried to win conservatives over to that cause, made an effort to study conservatism and sort of wound up converting myself um, in the process. That's that's a longer story. But um, one of the things that I would say to folks on the campaign trail, because running in the California 43rd Waters District, it is predominantly left and, and black and brown, but they're uh, pockets of of conservatives, uh, white and Asian conservatives, predominantly. So whether I was speaking to a, a black Democratic leading church in uh, South Central LA or a white Tea Party, predominantly white Tea Party club in South Bay LA County, people would say, "What at your age qualifies you to be able to represent a district diverse as the forty third? And I would answer people by saying, "Well, I have an interesting family background. My mother is a liberal black Democrat from inner city uh, LA. My father is a conservative white Republican from Tennessee. I grew up explaining my father to my mother and my mother to my father. And that's why I can represent all of you. So it, it was a line that was good for a laugh, but gave people some insight into who I was because in an age where, you know, Democrats and Republicans increasingly see each other, not as fellow Americans with disagreements, but actively as the enemy. Uh, for me personally, Democrats and Republicans uh, are, are, at the end of the day, mom and dad, right? And so Braver Angels is America's largest grassroots organization um, that is equally red and blue in its leadership, its sources of funding, dedicated to the work of political depolarization. But all that really means is reviving a spirit of community and neighborliness in our politics. Uh, We do work with members of Congress. We do work at every level of government, but we are concentrated on college campuses and local communities. We use art and music as well as models for civil discourse to actually bridge some of these divides. And, you know, I, I think the last key thing to say about that, Sebastian, is that it's not about getting people to moderate their political positions or come to the mushy middle, so to speak. It's about holding the fullness of your convictions, but still being able to engage uh, in respect, right? It's still being able to engage in a way that dignifies the other party in the conversation, again, as a fellow American uh, and as somebody who we have a human obligation to. And so that's the spirit of our work at Braver Angels. And that's a little bit about myself. Right. Well, I, I have lots of questions I've been scribbling down with, with, with regards to that mission. And this is the luxury of having the long form interview. We'll, we'll get to those. Yeah. But I presume when you went up against uh, Maxine Waters, you weren't primarying her as a Democrat where you were running as a Republican? That is correct. Yes. 
This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that uh, journey and how you ended up at this celebration of Russell Kirk's The Conservative Mind. So what, what was it that took you from, you know, the, the left-wing activists to the celebrating Russell Kirk in Washington, D.C. with uh, academics on the same platform? Sure. Yeah, by all means. Well, it's... Uh... It's a long and winding road, and I don't know if I've ever been asked to explain it in precisely in in, in precisely the way you just asked. Um, so I appreciate that. I, I um, as I mentioned, uh, you know, I very much was uh, inspired by the Obama campaign by this idea that uh, we are not red states or blue states, but the United States of America. That we're not a black, white, or Latino America, but but America. Um, made up of of all groups, um, I um, undertook um, a process of study um, to allow me to sort of more fully understand where conservatives were coming from, again, as a means of bringing people into this hope and change movement from the right. Now, I had Republicans and people who were more traditionally uh, conservative in my family, um, so I had some understanding, but uh, not as much as I would gain after going through a, a, a journey reading books that I had never read before, things like Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith, uh, Atlas Shrugged, Ayn Rand. Uh, I started studying um, African-American history from a much more conservative vantage point, and that impacted me greatly. And something that was happening simultaneously, uh, not really as a result of my political uh, studies, but I think in God's design, um, sort of concurrently, was I was experiencing um, a religious uh, conversion. Uh, I had 
grown up uh, really sort of thinking of myself as an agnostic. I had certain experiences, um, but I met a woman from a traditional sort of black Baptist background back when we were both doing fundraising for the Democratic Party, uh, who challenged my worldview in a pretty pretty powerful way. Up until that point, I had been somewhat anti-organized religion, and I had a really sort of an anti-Christian disposition. Not that I was anti-Christians as, as people, but I was opposed to what I thought was true about Christianity. And so I'll just tell you this very quickly. Um, I, I said to this woman at one point, um, I said, uh, you're so smart. How can you believe in a book of fairy tales and superstitions and racism and misogyny and so forth? If the Bible is real, it's got to be about uh, higher vibrations and enlightenment, and positive energy and love, to which she responded by saying, that's right, for though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass and a clanging symbol. If I have knowledge to understand all mysteries and faith to move mountains, if I have not love, it profits me nothing. Uh, if I give my body to be burned and my goods to feed the poor, if I have not love, I am nothing. And I listened to her say that. And I said, that's beautiful. Did you write that? To which she responded, no, fool, that's from First Corinthians. And so I took the next nine months of my life, Sebastian, and I read from chapter one, verse one of Genesis, all the way to the end of Revelation, and without going into too much more detail there, came out on the other side a Christian. Um, I would marry that woman. She joined the military. We moved from Los Angeles to Colorado Springs. So, you know, very progressive LA to a military town. All of a sudden I'm, I'm in church. I was actually in a synagogue. It was worshiping initially at a Messianic Jewish synagogue and in um, in near Fort Carson. Um, so suddenly my friends are religious people, soldiers, different um, environments. I'm married. I'm looking at the world a new way. And somewhere in the midst of that, I eventually come to discover the conservatism of Russell Kirk. And so... Hold, hold, hold it, it there. Hold it there. I, I, want, I want to drill down on, on Russell Kirk and his writings and their effect on, on you. But uh, first things first, follow this man at John R. Wood Jr. on social media, braverangels.org. This is America First one-on-one. -on -one. And never miss any of our long-form discussions with real experts and newsmakers like our friend John by subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look for my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave us a five-star review and do share the links with your friends. Greetings, I'm Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and I'm excited to share with you a groundbreaking opportunity in the artificial intelligence industry that stands resilient amidst the Sam Altman upheavals. Enter Versus AI and its pioneering genius platform. The AI sector has been largely dominated by large language models like those at OpenAI. Versus AI is charting a new course. The Genius Platform isn't just riding the AI wave, it's reshaping it, drawing inspiration from the intricate biological processes of nature. Don't miss this potential breakout company. Be part of the AI revolution. Versus AI, with its commitment to innovative solutions, is poised to remain a leader in the dynamic world of artificial intelligence. As AI becomes increasingly central to our future, the potential of Genius's platform to enhance your investment portfolio is immense. We invite you to be part of this exciting journey. Discover the power of Genius at emcversus.com. Versus is publicly traded with the symbol VRSSF. That's VRSSF.
The following is a paid advertisement sponsored by Versus AI. Salem is not an investment advisor, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation by Salem to buy or sell any securities. Salem and Dr. Gorka are being paid $85,000 to carry this ad on its radio and podcast network. Salem does not endorse any investment product, and you should check with your personal financial advisor before investing. Christmas is almost upon us. What have you been doing with your amazing contributions to the late, great Chuck Colson's Angel Tree Fellowship Program? Just listen to their CEO, James Ackerman, with regards to the beautiful things you have achieved. Your investment in Angel Tree enables that connection to be made between a mother and her child or a father and his child. They just can't afford to celebrate Christmas in the way that so many of us do every year. And by you stepping in, by you getting involved in Angel Tree, by you investing, you are enabling Christmas and the gospel to be brought to these children right into their own homes. More than one and a half million children are missing their mother or father this Christmas because they're incarcerated. $25 will get them a Christmas gift on behalf of their mother and father, a note of love that they are not forgotten, and a children's Bible. Be that blessed Christmas angel. Donate today. $125 is five children who will be that little bit more blessed this Christmas. God bless every single one. If you call in your tax-deductible donation, 888-206-2794, or just go to our website, sevgorka.com, and click on the Angel Tree banner. That's treble eight two oh four. Oh, my wife said there's no such thing as treble in American English. Okay, triple. Triple eight two oh six two seven nine four. I do speak English English. We'll go to Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and the Angel Tree Banner. Bless every single one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we left the, the story of your journey from left-wing activists to expert of conservatism to Christian, the journey with your wife's assistance. As I said to you the first moment I met you last week, I said, dude, you... Are you a pastor or something? Because you have the gift of the gab, as they say. You have kissed the Blarney Stone, my friend. Um, And we left the transition with Russell Kirk. And that's why you were on the stage to celebrate this man, the late Russell Kirk's, uh, the uh, anniversary of his book, The Conservative Mind. I think, what was it, 70-year anniversary or 60-year anniversary? Incredible. So talk to us about the role of his writing in, in your intellectual journey. Indeed. Well, uh, in discovering the conservatism of Russell Kirk, um, I I think I found myself coming into contact with roots of a conservatism that managed to connect to my own deep conviction that within man there is an interior experience in which is housed the conscience, in which is housed the soul, and that the order of civilization kind of springs outward, if you will, from sort of the nature of the human the human soul, the human the human conscience, and the bridge to God that we all that we all share. Um, let, let me let me ground that uh, a little bit. As as I said to you, um, I experienced uh, a bit of an intellectual conversion to conservatism alongside a religious conversion. These two things happened in parallel to each other. And I appreciated the fact that um, the conservative movement uh, has has always um, stood for the importance of religion um, as an institution in our society and and stood fast uh, in terms of preserving our memory of the Judeo-Christian heritage of this country. But there's a difference between believing that religion as an institution is valuable and, and knowing that you know, we have this Judeo-Christian 
heritage, which doesn't mean that everybody has to identify as a religious Christian, but it is something that informs our values. But there's a difference between knowing that, on the one hand, and embodying the virtues that are taught in the Gospels, embodying the virtues you mentioned early in the show, uh, Dr. Gorka, uh, this question, do we, is honor uh, still a thing in, in politics, right? Um, there's there's a difference between understanding that religion is important as an institution and living a life that actually bears witness, I think, yeah. um, to that sort of mode of being. It wasn't until I came to Russell Kirk that I found a conservatism that was anchored in this idea that um, to truly be not just conservative, but somebody who is nourishing the roots of civilization in your own experience, you have to walk in accordance with virtue. It's not a matter of your political litmus test. It is not a matter of voting Democrat or Republican. Uh, Fundamentally, it is not a matter of your policy opinions on taxes or spending. All of these things might be important. Uh, Being a person of honor is more important. Being a person of courage is more important. Being fair-minded is more important. Being prudent and wise is more important. And, of course, these virtues lead into the way we engage politics, inform the way we vote, and all the rest. But without that foundation of virtue itself springing forth from the soil of faith, um, we cannot be sufficiently anchored to the wisdom of our ancestors and to the inheritance that comes to us really through the mind of God, thinking out the American experiment in real time. We can't retain a connection to those things in a way that allows us to resist sort of the the uprooted um, changes and radicalism uh, that flows into the American experiment from from all directions when we forget where we came from. And so I have a very sort of spiritual relationship to conservatism, as you might hear uh, in that way. I'll say one other thing just to just to sort of, you know, uh, put put a funny kind of anecdote here uh, in, in the mix. So my name is John Randolph Wood Jr., right? I ran for Congress as a Republican 10 years ago, so on and so forth. Um, when I ran for Congress, I was only beginning to become acquainted with the work of Kirk. It wasn't until a little later that I started to read through Russell Kirk Uh, some history about John Randolph, um, John Randolph of Roanoke, who, of course, was the father of Southern conservatism. Uh, Turned out I was named after John Randolph. (laughs) I didn't really understand that. My grandfather, uh, who was a major record industry pioneer back in the 50s, he owned Dot Records, which uh, some listeners may remember. That was Pat Boone's record label, Lawrence Welk, etc. His name was Randolph Claywood. His father named him after Henry Clay and John Randolph, right? great orators of the Senate. I, I, I didn't know anything really too much about that, that history. It's just a name that I carried. It wasn't until after I started to read Kirk that I started to reflect on my own, my own naming and wonder, uh, wonder a little bit sort of, you know, is this, is this the guy who I'm supposed to be sort of um, 
named after and lo and behold i've to to our friend jeff nelson net kirk i've been john randolph of south los angeles ever since so names, ways in which god gives you clues names matter and words matter i think there is no accident why he is doing what he is doing today national ambassador john randolph wood jr for braver angels follow him at john r wood jr and their website is braverangels.org you're listening to america first one on one don't forget to follow us if you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First on all the social media platforms. Look for Zeb Gorker or Sebastian Gorker on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler. Get a telegram. You can watch us on your television through your Roku, your Fire Stick device, device or the Salem News Channel app. And for unique content from me, by me, and direct access to me, check out my Substack, SebastianGorker.substack.com. And if you've had it with political persecution in America and you support my former boss and you'd like him back in the White House, God willing, if we do our part, we've got a Christmas bundle for you. It is his booking photo from Atlanta on a yard sign, on a mug, and the I stand with 45 Trump 2024 flag. Get yours at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And more important than any of that, please support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell. The left want to cancel him for good. You heard what the FBI did to him recently. Let's support an American company run by a patriot. He's celebrating 20 years of my pillow. That's crazy. With an amazing offer on the queen size, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Did you know he sold 81 million of them? Uh-huh. They are that good. But he's got more than 200 other items on his website made by Americans in America for you. Use my name for up to 66% off. And just for you, Mike says, you're going to get free Christmas sh- uh, shipping. So whatever you buy, however many pillows you buy, or sheepskin lined slippers, or pajama sets, free shipping for Christmas if you use my name. MyPillow.com, code Gorka, or call them up. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Talk to a human being, 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468, or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A for maximal discounts and free shipping. So, Braver Angels, it's uh, apolitical, it's bipartisan, it's about um, community, about your fellow man. Here's my challenge to you, John, if I may. Uh, You you can try and bridge the gap, um, build community, as long as everybody wants to do that. And I think of what happened 
a year ago in Philadelphia, in that historic city of brotherly love, where Joe Biden, the current incumbent of the White House, stood in front of historic Liberty Hall, drenched in red light, flanked by Marines and labeled half the nation MAGA extremists and fascists. So 64 million uh, Americans were deemed to be, you know, beyond the pale. Can you achieve what you wish to achieve, or can we achieve what we wish to achieve if one side of the political aisle seems to want to dehumanize us and label us if we go to Latin mass in Richmond, Virginia. The FBI says we're domestic threats. Or if we go to meetings of the school board and want our children not to be taught bigoted concepts like critical race theory, that we're, we're a threat. Can your mission be successful given those conditions? Mm. Well, I think that there's two things I want to say to that. Uh, Sebastian and um, and I want to take it. I do want to take it back to Kirk. Um, as part of framing my framing my response here, um, part of what Russell Kirk uh, wrote, part of what he taught, and part of what I believe uh, is that there can be no genuine conservatism without an understanding of the fact that man exists uh, in a state of sin, right? We exist as fallen creatures. And so, you know, certainly it's not to say that every exchange has an equal distribution of guilt or innocence, that we are always equally right and wrong in this perfectly parallel split. Uh, But what's also true, is that whether you're talking about Joe Biden, whether you're talking about uh, Donald Trump, whether you're talking about Sebastian Gorka, and and certainly if you're talking about John Wood Jr., um, you're talking about sinners. You're talking about people who fall well short of the standard of righteousness uh, that I believe God wishes to call us towards. Why is that an important place to start just philosophically? Um, it reminds us that there is a need to be humble, I think, uh, when we engage people, certainly people across the aisle, and when we think about what it's going to take to actually hold this country together in a way that allows it to sustain the tremendous differences that exist between us ideologically. The work of Brave Angels does not require everybody to buy into it. It does not require most people on both sides of the aisle to suddenly say, you know what, let's reflect on our positions. Let's be willing to empathize uh, a little bit more. Let's do what we can do to tamp down the heat and start de- stop demonizing one another. It only requires that minority of people, that smaller percentage of people who are willing to go first, and we do need these folks to come from left and right, but they exist left and right. People who are willing to go first in saying, you know what, I don't agree with what you're saying. We may not ever agree on the outcome of the last election or what we want to happen in the next election, but what we do agree on is that we want our children and our children's children to be able to live alongside of each other as neighbors. And if our children are going to be able to res- to live with each other tomorrow, you and I have to begin respecting yeah. each other yeah. today, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, a small, if, if even a small percentage of Americans are willing to live according to that standard and set the right example, 
others will follow. And at the very least, the heart of our society will be resilient against the polarizing winds that are con- going to continue to blow harder and harder in the time to come. A lovely so message. That's we a lovely message. We, we will discuss those polarizing winds momentarily. Our guest is John Wood, Jr., National Ambassador for Brave Angels. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, and so much more, all with deals that are happening now. Now, they are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gift for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code GORKA or call 800-829-8468 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Christmas is almost here, dear friends, and are you dreading uh, the um, excess luggage you will end up carrying around your midriff after Thanksgiving and Christmas? If that's you, if you want to get ahead of it, and if you want to be the healthiest you you can be, do what I did. Thanks to uh, Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss, I lost 42 pounds this year. My muse, Katie, lost 36. My colleague, Mike Gallagher, look, he had more to lose, so, you know, but credit is due. He lost 53 pounds. This system works. Uh, If you've tried and failed to lose weight, do what I did. No stupid calorie counting, no pills to pop, no starvation diet. Just a plan that lets you eat five times a day and burns the fat off. You know me. I love my candy bars. I love my fried food. If I can do it, anyone can. Just check out the before and after pictures at myphdweightloss.com and call their amazing team today. The number is 864-644-1900. That's myphdweightloss.com, 864-644-1900. John, you said that you're energized uh, by the message of hope and change uh, of uh, of President Obama. Uh, I moved to America in 2008 uh, thinking I was going to leave socialism behind in in Europe. And I I don't think I was naive. I don't think I was uh, blinkered. And I arrived to an America where, you know, 2008, I didn't see racism. I didn't see systemic racism. And I look today, 15 years later, and I see a nation where, where race issues, if not real, are constantly being engendered and exploited. So will you talk to us about the reality of race in America, the phenomena of Black Lives Matter, and the interesting, and I, I don't want to force you to get political, but the recent polling is fascinating, that um, 20% or more of the black community uh, are polling that they will support President Trump despite the establishment trying to label him as a racist. So what have you witnessed in the last 15 years, and what are your expectations moving forward? Yeah, well, thank you very much um, for the setup here. Um, I already wish we had more time. But mm. let me say this. Um, 
I think that there, when it comes to the realities of race in America, I think that there's two things, um, two frames that we initially want to look at this through. On the one hand, there is, and by the way, has 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 long been. I mean, I think you can go back to Booker T. Washington uh, making claims along uh, these lines. You know, there is and has long been something of an industry of race aggravation, you might say, that empowers certain folks in ways that suggest that if the problem of racism were ever solved, they would be out of a job and therefore might not really be so interested in solving the problem that they profess to solve. Of course, that's a phenomenon in much of politics, you know, generally, generally speaking, um, you know, uh, profiting from the conflict uh, that is the problem rather than actually trying to move to solve it. It definitely exists in a major way when it comes to race in America. What's also true is that now, I, I, I have to speak from the African-American experience here, most particularly uh, when it comes to the black experience in America. There have been many things that have happened, not just in the long history of black people in America, but in the shorter history of even the most recent 55 years or so post-civil rights movement that have led us in a place where you have uh, a portion of the black community that has actually done very well, that has been integrated into middle class and suburban America, that has uh, found its way to the universities, to major corporations, and uh, has been sort of chief beneficiaries of the gains of the civil rights movement. Whereas you have sort of tens of millions of other, um, uh, millions of other African Americans who have been more deeply ensconced uh, since the end of the civil rights movement in inner city poverty, in gang violence, incarceration, um, in the underperformance of the educational system, not to mention the healthcare system, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I, I, I wrote a piece for the Wall Street Dirt Journal um, a few years back, I guess it was during the summer of 2020, where I talked about the differences in the black experience. I'm married to a black woman. Uh, the same woman who I mentioned earlier on, who essentially brought me to brought me to Christ, really. Um, she grew up, however, in the Jordan Downs projects in Watts, historically the most violent uh, neighborhood in the state of California. I grew up in multicultural, middle class Culver City, California, and the piece that I wrote was about our differing experiences of the LA riots in the early '90s. We were both five, six years old at the time. I remember the riots as just a faint uh, consternation in the background of my my mind. I remember my parents walking around sort of nervously looking at the news. Something was wrong. I didn't quite understand it, and I didn't think about it after it ended. But 15 minutes and 15 miles away uh, after Rodney King was beaten— uh, my wife is a four or five year old little girl was laying on the floor uh, trying to avoid gunshots as wow. they pierce through people's windows, sirens blaring, the smell of fire and sulfur in the air, people running around and screaming and looking up and seeing, you know, the clips of Rodney King being beaten just blocks, you know, well, maybe not blocks, but not more than a couple of miles from where she lived. My wife uh, had her first formative American experience in a literal American war zone yeah. at that time. Uh, the black experience in America over recent decades 
runs along a spectrum that sort of leads from sort of my black experience on the one hand to my wife's black experience on the other hand. And the reality of this, uh, Dr. Gorka, I would say, explains something of the confusion that, that permeates so much of the racial conversation. Because you'll have some folks who will say, you know, racism is not a problem in American life, at least not in the way that it was. And you can count any number of examples of black people who've succeeded in a major way. And for me, racism has never been a problem for me. Now, in the context of a black experience such as what my wife has lived, what is true is that for people growing up in the projects, for people growing up in much of inner city um, America, their only experiences with white people are with overworked bureaucrats at the, at, the, at, the, at the welfare agencies, overworked and stressed and sometimes low-performing public school teachers who are having to exist in harsh environments, or with law enforcement, with police. And, you know, for, for the most part, our, your experiences with police are not meant to be fuzzy and, and, and happy-feeling and warm, right? So you've got a lot of people who are just coming from an earnestly different um, stream of the black experience in America, a version of it where for many millions of African-Americans from slavery all the way down to to George Floyd's summer of 2020, the American dream has never actually shown up for this particularly 20, 20 to 30 percent of multi-generational poor Americans locked in our starving inner cities. I say starving, I mean starving for opportunity right. and social capital. So you know, what do we make of that? I would argue that American culture has become interpersonally less racist, um, that the social shifts pushed by Dr. King and the civil rights movement, the mainstream of the civil rights movement, the nonviolent movement, led to enduring changes in the conscience of America. But that along class lines, there is an enormous percentage of black people in America for whom the American dream has never actually shown up. And so when people make arguments along the lines of systemic racism, I think that the error there is in the implication that, that this suggests that the people who the white people who run every who, who are exist at every level of society are part of a grand racist conspiracy yeah. to subdue black people. If that's if that's the argument of systemic racism, I don't think that holds. I think that that leads us into trafficking into stereotypes that allege prejudice where it frequently, if not most of the time, does not actually exist. But what I think is true is that for poor black people in America, as well as many poor white people in places like Appalachia uh, and elsewhere in this country, um, the systems and institutions of our society, the way our inner cities are governed, the way our public policies roll out, the way our educational system operates, um, even ways in which the marketplace function do not necessarily allow for people to succeed materially in the way that they want to. And so they feel trapped by a society in which social mobility is not as much of a reality for some people as it is for others. I think if we lose the class dimension of that, we lose our ability to make sense of the racial dimension of that, because it's not necessarily strictly a racial issue, but because so many black people in America, for his reasons having to do with historic racism, are also poor and locked in these particular circumstances, that would seem to define the black experience in the eyes of people who are experiencing it that way, as well as in the eyes of people who are looking at it from the outside, maybe looking to capitalize on that in different ways or otherwise just 
responding to that. So it's complicated, Dr. Gorka, but that that's my analysis. And in terms of where it's all going, look, I, I think that I think that part of what Donald Trump has done uh, well to his to his credit um, uh, is being willing to engage the black community more directly than have previous Republican candidates. And I think that there is a raw material sort of working class uh, reality and set of values that particular that elites in both parties and certainly cultural elites on the left have completely lost touch with that uh, President Trump and many of his supporters are seeking to build a bridge across. There's yeah. a degree to which sort of university blackness doesn't speak to the black experience of people who are in the sorts of conditions that I just laid out. Right. right. Um, but I also think that there's a larger complexity to the black experience of America that explains some of the zeal that went into Black Lives Matter. Take take the Black Lives Matter Foundation and Alicia Garza and, and you know, comments against the nuclear family. Take all of that out of it for a second. Just that raw feeling that there's still work to be done in terms of achieving the full realization of the American promise for black people. I think there's a reason why the death of George Floyd triggered a resurgence in the idea that there's still work to be done because there is still work to be done, I would say. Now that's why um, we have uh, Braver Angels. We're talking to John Wood Jr., National Ambassador, BraverAngels.org. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Bye. 
Uh, I, too, regret uh, that we are out of time. We're going to have to continue this uh, fascinating discussion. I've got one last question for our guest. If three hours of America First is not enough for you, don't forget to join us for our trip to Alaska. It is the Patriots Alaska Cruise. If you missed our Holy Land trip with 350 of you, our dearest listeners, book your cruise next summer, June 29th, July 6th, to Alaska. I've never been to Alaska. I've never been on a cruise. Find out all the details of this amazing trip at sebgorka.com. Just click on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and the Patriots Alaska Cruise. Likewise, after what I shared with you this week, my trip to Congress to see the footage, the unedited footage of what happened in Israel on October 7th, now more than ever, we have to stand with our friends in Israel. It's the latest item on our webpage. It's the map of Israel. We've taken the genocidal chant and we've twisted it. And we're going to say on that T-shirt, from the river to the sea, Israel forever free. Get yours today. So much more. Lots of Christmas ideas at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. We've got literally two minutes left uh, with you, John. Um, I'd like to ask you to provide a, a message to the broadest possible audience out there, the white, entitled student on the Ivy League campus who's protesting on behalf of BLM and the person living in the inner city who's black, who is without a father. What is your message to those who believe that we are living in an age of victims and oppressors? What do you say to them? If you just had a minute to talk to them, what would you say to them? Fairness is certainly not an intrinsic quality uh, of human existence. No. And it is true that oppression is a fact of human history. It is true that inequality, even inequality of opportunity, is a fact of life and a fact of American life. And it is also true that we have both a moral and a practical obligation to move society in a direction to where genuine opportunity um, for all people is increasingly a reality. But what I would also say uh, is that the struggles of human existence are universal insofar as if you are born breathing on this earth, you are going to feel pain. You're going to feel isolation. You're going to feel rejection. You are going to feel that your life at certain times does not matter, right? And this is why having a grounding in God's design and purpose for us is necessary in part for our being able to understand the fact that we all have a vital role to play in existence. We all have a vital role to play in this country if we choose to accept it. And that when you are confronted with somebody who is very different from you and whose ideas might even be repulsive to you, it is worth remembering that even that person may yet be redeemable if you have the capacity to be your best self and appeal to their conscience because, indeed, you too are redeemed. If you have the blessing of being able to live life in a way that allows you to be in touch with your own conscience, your own better self, uh, and with the spirit of God that has given us all life. And so in the brief amount of time that I have, Dr. Gorka, I would simply say that faith, hope, and love uh, are powers that can overcome all ills with time. 
Beautifully put, it shall be continued. BraverAngels.org, the Braver Angels podcast. And please follow him at John R. Woods Jr. on social media. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to America First one-on-one, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election story, Main our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Good morning. I'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee may have for me. 
I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I am responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. Yeah, it's not how it works, Hunter. You're under a congressional subpoena. You don't get to decide how you fulfill that subpoena. You don't get to decide whether it's behind closed doors or in open session, which means you're giving a press statement, yes. One of our listeners pointed out that wasn't a press conference because he didn't take any questions. That was a press statement. You giving a press statement outside Congress means you are in breach of that congressional subpoena. Uh, And what happens to people who are in breach of congressional subpoenas? Your daddy had something to say about that just a couple of years ago. You know, slow Joe, Beijing Biden, cut one. What's your message to people who defy congressional subpoenas on the January 6th committee? I hope that the committee goes after them and uh, holds them accountable. Should they be prosecuted by the Justice Department? I do, yes. Yes, I hope the Department of Justice holds them criminally liable and goes after them and they should be prosecuted. Interesting. Uh, Let's post that video on all my social media platforms. Let's make sure you have access to it and share it with your friends or maybe your Democrat relatives. Joe Biden thinks... If you do not surrender to a congressional subpoena, you should be arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Are you following me on social media? My name's Sebastian Gorka, and you're listening to America First. Whichever platform you prefer, I'll be there. Just follow me. Plug in Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, or Telegram. Don't forget, the show is also on television through your Roku, your Fire Stick device, or the Salem News Channel app. We've got a brand new article up on my Substack. That is content written by me with direct access to me at sebastiangorka.substack.com. Follow me there, sebastiangorka.substack.com, and get that video we just posted of Joe Biden saying people who are in contempt of Congress should be arrested, which includes his son, and send it to your relatives. James Comer, he's very angry. He's written a letter to the DOJ. Not sure a letter to the DOJ is going to cut it. But here he is on Fox News. Chairman Coma, cut to. Let's start with uh, Hunter Biden defying the subpoena. He did it in a typical Biden fashion. Uh, He showed uh, the world the amount of arrogance and entitlement that he believes he has because he's a Biden. I mean, he doesn't think the rules apply to him. Uh, We issued him a lawful subpoena. We've spent 10 months building a case of, of corruption against the Biden family. We have their bank records. I think everyone in America knows by now, even the people that that, uh, are all in for Joe Biden, that the family was influenced peddling. We want to now bring him in and ask him what exactly he did to receive the tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world. It's really the most important question. Strangely, that Hunter Biden didn't address. 
The narrative has, of course, been modified over time in the last three years. What were we told first by the current incumbent of the White House? The man who, let's just be clear, was a politician for 47 years before he ran for the presidency, was incapable of truly campaigning, stayed at home, campaigned from his basement, and we are led to believe, meant to believe, that that old white career politician who was labeled by members of the Obama cabinet as being wrong on every important issue for more than 30 years. That's Robert Gates. He's no Trump supporter. That man garnered more votes than the first black president. Uh Uh-huh. Right. When the first evidence was collected from the Hunter Biden laptops, that, by the way, we know are real, whatever the 51 former CIA directors and officers stated in the public letter organized by Mike Morell, the then deputy director of the CIA, was not Russian propaganda because, you know what? When Hunter Biden's attorneys demand the laptop hard drives back from the repair shop where Hunter Biden left them and signed the ticket that he was leaving them there, you can't get that back, which was never yours. So we know they're real. All the evidence, the hundreds of SARS, suspicious activity reports, that American banks sent to FinCEN, sent to the Treasury, saying this um, Hunter Biden, his bank accounts, they're getting an awful lot of strange transactions from Ukraine, from Romania, from Kazakhstan, from communist China. Or the text messages to Hunter's daughter from Hunter, in which he says, I hope you never have to know what it's like to have to give half of your income to your father. Well, Hunter Biden only has one father. He wasn't adopted. That father is Joe Biden. So Hunter Biden's giving half of his income to his daddy. What, when he was vice president? When he was senator? Or when he's president now? And income generated from what, pray tell? What is Hunter Biden Good at, exactly. You've seen the photographs. You've seen the videos. He's good at fornicating with prostitutes. He prefers them from Russia, by the way. And snorting coke off their backsides. Smoking crack on camera that he takes photographs of. What are his other qualifications? Oh, being kicked out of the Navy because he's a drug addict. Crashing a rental car in which was later found his dead brother, Bo Biden's Attorney General's badge. Hey, Hunter, why are you driving along the roads of America with your dead brother's Attorney General's law enforcement badge? Oh, oh my gosh, how can I forget? Oh, and they found his crack pipe in the car as well. Attorney General's badge and crack pipe. Isn't that interesting? So what exactly were you paid $83,000 for every month by Burisma, one of the most corrupt energy companies in Eastern Europe? Why did the National Bank of Communist China give you and your company a $1.4 billion with a B dollar deal? Why did the widow of the ex-former corrupt 
dead mayor of Moscow give you $3 million? Why are we given diamonds by Chinese businessmen? And why are you facing nine federal indictments for tax evasion that you've confessed to? What were you paid for? What was the service that you provided, you drug-addled reprobate? And who's at the center of it all? Because you know it's not Joe. He's not too bright. His former boss, well, that's another matter. Obama, the trails all lead to him. He's the one who made Joe the point man for Ukraine. He's the one that authorized Operation Crossfire Hurricane. Wow, we've only just begun. I'm Sebastian Gorka. I forgot to tell you this is America First. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Never miss the third hour. We've got an amazing guest today. Subscribe, leave us a five-star review, share the links. And if you stand with the president, go to sebgorkastore.now. That's sebgorkastore.com. Get your Christmas bundles today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.